DJ Jinx here with a very special treat for you all today. We're doing an artist feature in the KGNU Denver studio this afternoon, and I have Neptune with me, singer, songwriter, producer, dancer, model, and director. You might also recognize Neptune's name as he is not only one of Denver's biggest up-and-coming artists right now, but he was also named Westward Magazine's Best Breakout Musician of 2023. Neptune, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? Good, good. Thank you. So can you tell us a little bit about you and your background? What drew you to music? Um, I grew up in church, so I mean, it was it was innate. <laughs> I was gonna hear it either way. Right. Um, but I think more of a uh, background, at least for my family. My grandmother was a composer. She wrote music, played on the piano. She was in music groups and everything like that. But uh, so was my mother. And I guess my great grandmother was a singer as well. And then you know, my father's side, like, is just musically inclined as hell like just very musical on both sides so i have just i'm very musically inclined just uh naturally and then from there hearing uh gospel and blues being like the first genres i remember hearing and then after that you know soul and r&b and then moving on to pop music it was just kind of like this is what i want to do it's never not been it's never not been like if you ask literally anybody who's known me my entire life they're like yeah that's it's all i talk about it's all i've talked about so yeah i guess kind of going off of that about renaissance in particular can you sort of explain like the story behind it and how that came to be yeah, I mean, what I wrote in my mock press release was the journey of finding balance within oneself. It's about balance, like having an even pendulum of like one's own soul, spirit, and person. You know what I'm saying? It has dark, it has light, it has the highs, it has the lows, but that exists in this really gray space where it's like you have songs like wedlock and militia wedlock is i'm overcoming like i'm really like owning oneself but it comes from this very hurt place it's very um a very melancholic and somber place and very angry but not it doesn't go there yet and then once that switch up happens it's just straight rage and it's just like it's almost like you just listen to the victor turn into the villain fighting my whole life Me acting a fool and I'm ready to guard. They live and they miss me with your stinking so 
fishy. I ain't breaking no bitch with you sissy. It's interesting because Militia has a, uh, it samples wedlock at the end of the song. And it really just like, it has a cycle. But I mean, at its core, it really is just, it has the experiences of, I mean, a black American. <laughs> but I mean, uh, and then more more specifically, just black queer and American. And then just kind of like those stories. But a lot of the nuances in there, I mean, it's just very black. Like, there's a lot of things that are said. It's like, I, every time I watch black people listen to Renaissance for the first time, I'm like, oh, well, I get it. Yeah, it's like yeah. how a lot of the things are said, the choice of words is it's very specific but at the same time it's not like it's like hyper fixating on how can i sound as black as possible you know what i'm saying like it's 100%. it's really just raw and authentic to i mean just my own experience in life i did not intend on doing a collaborative album yeah at all i mean i've said that for years but at the same time i was very green when i was saying that whereas like now i'm like oh yeah if that's the if that's the mission if that's the goal and that's how to maximize if that's what's moving naturally renaissance really did come about with Rusty Steve's persistence of like, we should make an album, we should make an album. It was when we started Black Horse. We had White Pony was already out. We had Misery Loves Company made. We had Thank Heavens. And then once we made Black Horse, that's when it was like, okay, yeah. It was, a, it was a thing from yeah. there. What was it like to collaborate with Rusty Steve on this album for you? Like, how was that for you guys? How did you guys, you know, come together and start working on that? This is definitely an artistic challenge. I mean, a mm -hmm. lot of what it is now is really him being like, we should make music. We should go into the studio. And of course, I'm just me and I always know what I want. So I'm like, yep. if it's kind of something that deviates from what I want. I mean, we ended up just working on music, tried a couple, like, did it a couple times. We had a song out that had been out for a little bit. Yeah, we had, I mean, we went to camp together as kids. We went to Lynx camp and then reconnected, like, in 2019. And then from there, just kind of, like, we started, like, working with each other every here and there and then turned more and more until it became a regular thing. Do you have a personal either favorite track or track that has, like, the most meaning to you off of the album, pick one or two. We'll, we'll, well, two. well, if I could do two, I'll do two. I would definitely <laughs> say my number one is uh, Absent. Off the record, I've always wanted a song that sounded like, or just even to be a part of a song that sounded like, preferably to, you know, have a song. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that sounds like it belongs in the Tron movie. I can't say I love, but, like, i really drawn to writing about dissociation. I don't hear many songs that speak about dissociation, and I'm mm -hmm. pretty open about how, like, I dissociate quite frequently and it really do very hard
um, mannequin also, I mean, it speaks about multiple topics, but it has that dissociation of, you know, feeling like a mannequin. And I'd say my second is going to have to go to Black Horse. Really, I was at times kind of nervous because I was like, I will rap like with this kind of bravado, but like... Mm-hmm never sang with this kind of bravado and I was questioning myself a lot of time like am I just sounding cocky the whole time like am I gonna realize how I didn't realize how black it was <laughs> and mm-hmm. so after we had already like I think pretty much finished it and I was like oh no this definitely like will resonate so hearing that just seeing the reception from that song and as many black people um, and black queer people definitely just resonate with that song I mean I really love that just that's like really cool yeah yeah <laughs> um, There's a renaissance on the rise of black skin and nothing to hide Riding in a shindu Killing the heroes in the ingenues The old dynasty has to fall Yelling war cries and battle calls No, holy water, a rosary Finna stop what's coming over me what is it like, you know, being a black and queer artist in the industry right now for you? It's interesting because mm-hmm. it's a lot more embraced right mm-hmm. now. I mean, for the longest, it's just been like, you're off to the side. And as a result of 2020 happening, people being locked in and the unfortunate murder of George Floyd, everybody was forced to take a step back. But then also, I think a lot of black queer artists and a lot of queer black entertainers and queer black people are booked and busy as a result of white guilt. That's true. It's flat out. I've, I can say that because a lot of time I've, I've never been this booked and busy. Also, the quality of work is better, but I also see the rooms I operate in and I also hear the conversations. If you know, you know. If you don't, you're probably right. on the other end of it. It's still a um, a thing of having to work harder than everybody in the room. Be to show for what you do, especially for men or masculine presenting, queer mm-hmm. people, black queer people. It's a thing of you always have to be the hardest working in the room. Otherwise, oh, well, da 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 You know, there's something around it. Mm-hmm. You have to show up with the most energy in the room. You know, it's always something. Uh, how black women constantly have to show up, work harder. You know, everything has to be just spot on and top notch Mm -hmm. in order to get the same respect as their white counterparts in a white dominated industry. It's unfortunate that it it took certain things for artists like myself to get the opportunities we're getting now, but it's a blessing that now that we're here, we can be as raw as we want to be. And it's the thing of like, oh, if you have something to say, we know where it's coming from. And we now have the resources to let you know that maybe that's racism and you will (laughs) will be out of a job. (laughs) And we're going to segue just slightly how do you choose you know your outfits and such when you're going on stage when you're doing music videos i'm very meticulous (laughs) (laughs) um it's really cool i mean fashion is literally it always played a role it was always okay what can i wear how can i stand out because i sure did not dress the way i do now (laughs) my great-grandmother was a seamstress so if she was wearing it, she probably made it. It's interesting because I wear cat eye sunglasses and she was known for those glasses that she wore. There you go. Um, Continuing the tradition. Uh, the legacy, baby. Yeah. Valentine. Uh, <laughs> and so I, moving into the past like couple years, since like 2021, I had the privilege of being able to host, to MC and perform at a fashion show and kind of shift that, um, at least the territory within mm-hmm. fashion and bring, bringing the musical element in a way that hadn't really been interesting introduced before and kind of ushering that in in a certain space I had did it for uh, Denver Fashion Week and so doing that really introduced like that was my first time having like okay custom piece and then moving in there it's like it started becoming a bit more regular I'm very specific with what I wear mm-hmm. especially like I ask people around me I'm like outside is my job 
Yeah. <laughs> I always say outside is my job. If I'm outside, I'm working. It doesn't matter if I'm getting paid. As an artist, if you're outside and you're being perceived, that's true though. You're working. That's true. Everything is okay. How am I being presented today? What am I feeling like? I have an array of clothes I can pick from. So if I'm feeling a bit more boyish on that day, all right, boom. Really, for music videos, it's it's always so. It's, some of these get made, some gets made, and then also if there's a certain tone, okay, what is that? Do I, what do I need to get? Mm-hmm. Um, what's the color scheme? What's the tone of it? For shows, it's the exact same. In that, what's the racial demographic? What's the age demographic? What is so on and so forth? It's very, I'm very meticulous with my thought process. It, mm-hmm. it, at times, it may not even look like it, but I think through literally every aspect of it. And it's like, okay, right. how do you come? How do you be striking? How do you show up for the specific space without watering yourself down? Or, you know, how do you cater to the space as you? Whatever that is, wherever it may be. You never know, so it's always show up as you and just be aware. Does that ever like weigh on you? The fact that you are being perceived like that 24-7? I'm really used to being perceived mm-hmm. outside, like even before I started in the scene. I've always been known. Gotcha. Before I was born, I've been known. There was always something around me. Whether it was, oh yeah, that baby's on the way. The pastor, you know, cheated. Then yeah. it's, okay, the kid is now here. Oh, kid with the crazy boots. Oh, the kid who writes songs. I think the difference now is it's a bit bigger now. So like right. the <laughs> in the ways it weighs on me is when people do very outlandish things, mm-hmm. say very outlandish things mm-hmm. towards me or to me, mm-hmm. and I have to really bite my tongue. And I feel like when you're an artist, you are constantly being tested. When I did an event recently and there was this white woman who literally come, I love your dreads, locks, but thanks. And it's, yeah, I'm thinking about going back to either dreads or box braids. Why are you as a white woman telling me you want to go back to dreads or box braids? And I have to be like, oh my God, I need to not wear this lady out. Yeah. (laughs) As she needs to be. Or when it's in those spaces, if I'm at shows or something. Mm -hmm. The most thing, it's a lot of the macro aggressions that can people in the industry talk, you know what I'm saying? And I don't think it's an aspect that a lot of artists speak about. And especially for black artists, it's the thing of like how you have to show up when some random white person is touching your hair because they don't have no damn common sense. You know what I'm saying? Something like that. That literally happened recently and I... Not my place to educate this woman, but I had to educate her very briefly, but very sternly. And the guy next to her, of course, white, is... I love how you handled that. You love how I handled that because it fit into your respectability politics. Mm -hmm. You liked how I handled that because I didn't drag that lady to filth like I should have. You like it how I handled that because it didn't make you uncomfortable. Now, how I handled that, as I should have, or how I handled that, it would be a very different story. So I think in certain ways, it definitely weighs. I mean, I I stay inside a lot of the time for many reasons. When I'm ready to be back outside, 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 maybe I'll be outside. But I I think I stay inside just because I know, like, okay, if I don't need to be perceived, I'm not going nowhere. And I'm still learning so much. So it's a thing of when I do realize, like, where do I want to go and how do I want to be perceived and controlling the perception of myself, give certain amounts of myself, not take me away entirely but certain amounts of access restrict that from most so in that way it maximizes what i do just simply just being like yeah limit access artists are not um respected the same way and it's of course in certain capacities yeah in the age where everything that moving forward that is just so hyper vigilant of every single thing and everyone can see everything all the time you limit access. You you restrict. That's where being perceived kind of weighs on me because I'm like, I'm, I'm very, I keep a lot to myself. So then maneuvering with that, that's where it can sometimes be stressful because I'm like, how is that going to affect what I do if I say this? Yeah. Because, you know. Doing another segue here. 
You Do have it. a new single coming out soon, is that correct? Do you yes. have new music coming out soon? Okay, yes. tell us about that. So Shadow is out. Definitely watch that music video, run it up, run the song <laughs> up, share with friends, do the dance. I want to see y'all do it. Um, and <laughs> what advice do you have for people who want to get into music and pursue it? First, love what you do. Absolutely. Live and breathe what you do. Second, please learn and make yourself aware of what you're getting yourself into and the history of it. A lot of people do not go into music educating themselves about the industry. This is the music and then there's a the music business. Right. And everybody goes into the music business not knowing the business of the music business. And it can it can jack a lot of people up because then they get rude awakening. My advice, I mean to everyone is that and then my advice to the people who are working to be a legacy artist mm -hmm. and that's the that's the goal that's the priority the stadiums arenas mm -hmm. sold out everything right. that where that's where you're going persistence do not stop keep going on those days where it's like you have things that you could easily drop whatever you have going on you could drop the entire day but you also have to be like on it mm -hmm. to where it's like i could do that i could cancel this i could cancel it, but i made commitments and i have sacrifices i have to make i'm sacrificing being here i'm sacrificing being there my art my craft and my love for it a lot of people don't have that are you willing to sacrifice having a good time for your future are you willing to sacrifice seeing your family for your career are you willing to sacrifice sleep for your career are you willing and sacrifice sometimes your sanity for your career. And a lot of the times for artists, how long are you willing to be broke? How long are you okay with being broke? You don't go into music, and you, as we can see, you don't go into film in Hollywood and mm -hmm. acting and directing to be rich and to make money. It's an illusion. How long are you willing to be broke until you get there? How long are you willing to be trash until you the best out? How long are you willing for everybody to talk crazy on your name and to talk crazy on your craft until you didn't level up so much they talking crazy about you? Everybody in the room know they a hater. How much do you want it? And then in that, what are you also not willing to do? Are you easily bought or do you have integrity? Anybody flash anything shiny in your face, are you going to grab it, even if there's a booby trap that comes with it? Are you working to have good discernment? How long are you down to wait for it? If you work really hard and you just, you go out there, you network, you make your face known, you show up, you show out every time, people will see you. And if you have the chops to back it up, if you have the production to back it up, if you have the quality of work to back it up, if you have the readiness to back it up, the industry talks. So love what you do and just be aware of the industry. If you want to take it and run with it, be prepared to be on go all the time. Get rest where you can because you have to go. Such real advice though. Because nobody gave me that real advice. And when I heard a lot, even some of the greats that I look up to, I don't think they were able to give it as raw. Yeah. Because it's a different time now. It is different. And also, I don't want somebody in five years or even right now, whoever's listening right now, I don't want them to hear me and be like, dang, I wish he would have said this. I feel like he's holding something back. I feel like he's not saying something. No, I'm known for being raw mm -hmm. and just laying it out there. Out of capacity, of course. Out of capacity. <laughs> out of capacity. Yeah. Um, I would want a me to say how it is, especially in the landscape of the music scene out here. As somebody who didn't have a blueprint and has had to make one, I would want that person to be that raw mm -hmm. and to be that honest. I'll listen back to this and I'll be like, I need to hear that again for yeah. reassurance. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just important that even on those days where your work ethic isn't there that day, you going through burnout and you don't even want to be at the moment. You don't even want to know your own self at the moment mm -hmm. because you are that burnt out or you're that tired or it's getting to you that much and you mm -hmm. haven't had a break, but you still got to keep going. You know what I'm saying? Hearing this back, hearing the, you got this. Yeah. And keep going. I think it's also very important that you speak as who you're becoming. Absolutely. So that you just are it. So yeah. you never were not. 
I saw Babylon last night and Margot Robbie's character said, you either are what you're becoming or you're just not. Yeah, that is so true. Okay, I like to do this little thing where I end interviews with like a kind of quirky question. Are you cool with that? I mean, I'm wearing mesh pants, <laughs> a straight jacket, and a latex top. <laughs> five inch boots <laughs> i think i'm ready <laughs> all right all right sick. i guess as much okay so you have a lot of irl superpowers obviously but if you had to either steal like a fictional superpower or if you could just have one what would it be and why Look, I was the kid who was like always. I watched superhero cartoons to this yeah. day. That's all I watch. Yeah. I watched Batman literally nonstop, the animated series. Oh, that I watched one is Justice so good. League Unlimited. Like, I watch all of that all the time. Yeah. I'm always watching cartoons, and it's always superheroes. So, but my favorite of literally all time, it's probably going to have to go to Jean Grey. Ooh. Yeah. That's a good choice. Because she has like just, she's like a level five mutant. You know, like she's insane and also just. Dark Phoenix is the the transition of Jean Grey to Phoenix to Dark Phoenix is the best. The best. And yeah. I was thinking because I was like, oh, I'd love to like I want telekinesis, but I want to be able to fly. Oh, but I also want to be able to like read minds. Oh, yeah. Jean Grey, all three. Yeah. And no, like literally. she's ridiculous. So yeah, I would <laughs> I would definitely siphon Jean Grey of all her power. hundred <laughs> percent. All of it. She is so cool. But Storm is Ooh, Storm is awesome. Storm is beyond a level five mutant. She's a goddess and she She is. Deserves accurate representation. Someone had to say it. She can literally flood the entire earth. She literally did. Who else is doing that? Shout out to level five mutants. Shout out to level five mutants. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) Anything else you want to add before we sign off? Moving into this new school year, I do encourage everybody to just be present in the lives of the kids who are going back to school. Um, We've seen how this last school year has gone. Specifically in Denver, we've seen what East students have had to go through. We definitely need to be holding space and Mm -hmm. doing actual work to be present Mm -hmm. and create actual resources. Also, let's stop, you know, just relying on these kids to just have it figured out when they're going through real trauma all the time. These schools turning into war zones. I definitely believe um, and support taking SROs out of DPS. Stop policing these kids and stop policing these kids in a learning environment. Stop policing these predominantly black and brown schools. It's unhealthy. They don't want it. They don't like it. We need to show up and just be present. Ask these kids what they need. Of course, as adults, have the discernment that young adults have not come into fully, but be present. It's not enough people, not enough artists in this city speaking on that, and Mm -hmm. it's a problem. There's not enough people making actual movement on that. I do my best to just at least just create awareness and just to be a raw, unfiltered voice of the frustration that those kids feel. And as somebody who's graduated just some years ago, it is quite important that we take it seriously. So regardless of how much you love your guns, there's people dying. And regardless of how many thoughts and prayers and how scared you are to take action, your fear of conflict is costing these kids their lives. Mm-hmm. It's costing teachers their lives, costing administrators their lives. And there's no outlets and there's no resources for these kids. Let's pique these kids' interests with their minds, creativity, something, an outlet for them to actually safe environments and to actually think and express themselves. I could plug anything in the world, but I'd much rather speak about what everyone is not talking about. Well, sweet. Thank you so much again, Neptune, for coming in and letting me bother you and pest you with questions. It's been real. Man, I can't, no, I'm real, I'm with you, took up 
Hey 